My Seven Chakras, episode 201. The journey to wholeness requires that you look honestly, openly, and with courage into yourself, into the dynamics that lie behind what you feel, what you perceive, what you value, and how you act. It is a journey through defenses and beyond so that you can experience consciously the nature of your personality, face what it has produced in your life, and choose to change that. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to my seven chakras, and now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras, the show where we dive deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom that will help you find your life's purpose. So if you're going through a situation and you're looking for actionable steps that you can take to change your life, then you have arrived at the right show. But before diving into the main stuff, let's listen to an iTunes review that we received recently to celebrate our listeners. Today's review is by Bethy, who writes... I can't say enough good things about this podcast. I've listened to almost all of the episodes, several of them twice. The guests are super knowledgeable and provide small actions for listeners to implement in their lives in addition to great information about their areas of expertise. Aditya is awesome. He asks intelligent questions, summarizes what guests have impeccably and consistently shared, and I've learned so much. I get comfort, inspiration, and hope from each episode. I have made some changes in my life, such as incorporating gratitude, daily meditation, a brief home yoga practice into my morning routine. So, Bethy, thank you so much for the review. I really, really appreciate you taking out your time and love to share your thoughts with us. Action Tribe, we receive so many reviews from people in the US, but somehow we've not received that many reviews from people in other countries like UK, India, Canada, and Australia. So, if you are waiting for the right moment, now is your turn to represent your country. It is super simple to write a review. All you need to do is go to this link, my7chakras.com forward slash review that's www.my7chakras.com forward slash review and if you choose to send me an email instead my email as always is aj at my7chakras.com once again that's aj at my7chakras.com and remember your thought counts because as you see i read each and every one of your messages now let's move on to our special interview for today. I am super excited to bring you our featured guest, Dr. Rita Louise. So Dr. Rita, are you ready to inspire? I am ready to inspire. Awesome. At the age of 12, Dr. Rita Louise became fascinated with the concept of ESP, extrasensory perception, a passion which has lasted a lifetime after years of intense study and in-depth research into the fields of health and wellness, psychology, philosophy, and the esoteric arts and sciences. She has emerged as a leading voice in the fields of holistic health and mind-body healing. Founder of the Institute of Applied Energetics, host of Just Energy 
Radio. Dr. Luis is a naturopathic physician and a 20-year veteran in the human potential field. But most importantly, it is a unique gift as a medical, intuitive and clairvoyant that illuminates and enlivens her work. She is the author of the books, Man-Made Chronicles of Our Extraterrestrial Gods, Dark Angels, An Insider's Guide to Ghosts, Spirits and Attached Entities, Avoiding the Cosmic 2x4 and The Power Within. Her unique insights bridge the worlds of science, spirit and culture and are changing the way the world views physical, mental and emotional well-being. Most importantly, she helps individuals reclaim their most valuable asset that is their health. So Dr. Rita, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to learn more about your story. <laughs> well, and thanks so much for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here with you and talk about something I'm just so passionate about. Awesome. We're going to have a lot of fun today. But like always, let's begin with some inspiration. My question to you is, what is your favorite inspirational quote and how does that apply to your day-to-day life? Well, let me share the quote and then I'll kind of go into part mm-hmm. two. And so this is a quote by Gary Zukoff, and it states, The journey to wholeness requires that you look honestly, openly, and with courage into yourself, into the dynamics that lie behind what you feel, what you perceive, what you value, and how you act. It is a journey through defenses and beyond so that you can experience consciously the nature of your personality, face what it has produced in your life, and choose to change that. And and for me, that quote really represents a big part of who I am. I, I really feel that for all of us, we need to be honest with ourselves. We need to look at our own stuff and how it plays into the dynamics of our lives, the things that motivate us, the things that keep us in fear and hold us back. And it's especially those things that that hold us back or that scare us that to me, that spirit trying to move through us, but we're inhibiting that motion. And so when I recognize that there's some place mm. that I'm stuck, that's where I stop and go, well, what's keeping me from moving forward? There's this pressure coming from source going, but we want you to go this way. And, and then there's my inside part going, no, no, I don't want to. And, but I turn inside and go, well, you're just scared. Or, you know, there's this part of you that's having issue with it. And it gives me the opportunity to look inside and identify what's going on inside my psyche that needs to be addressed or changed or looked at. So I can move forward and keep moving on this journey we call life. Wonderful. Love this quote. It was so eloquently put, so wonderfully said. I'm going to just summarize it and and give a gist of it, which uh, to me is the journey to wholeness requires that you look into yourself. Action Tribe, uh, you're on a journey right now. You're on, on an adventure. You're going to have many ups and downs. And on this journey, you are searching for your whole self. Uh, and the reason why you're searching for your whole self is because there are so many parts of you that are lying deep within your subconscious, maybe certain areas of your life which are still stagnant, certain energies which are not allowed to move. And you diving deep into your own self will allow you to identify those areas that need more cleansing, that need some uh, push of energy so that you can reclaim your entire power and head towards uh, transforming your life and the world around you. So thanks a lot for sharing that wonderful, inspiring quote, uh, Dr. Rita. Uh, my question is, you've been doing psychic readings for over 20 years now, right? Yes, sir. 
So how did it all begin for you? Were you, were you always aware of your psychic gifts? No, not at all. Um, I mean, the story goes prior to this point, but when I was about 12 years old, there were um, a couple of TV shows. There was one, The Amazing Creskin, who had ESP, and there was another, t- it was a series, a you know, fictional series uh, called The Sixth Sense, which was about a college professor who had ESP, and he used this gift to solve crimes. These, <laughs> you know, you watch the shows now and they're kind of funny, but, uh, but at the time they were very enlightening. And I decided that I wanted to develop this gift, that I too wanted to have ESP, and started reading books about, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot in America. There were books on philosophy and, you know, like autobiography of a yogi and, and, and things like that, that what I gleaned was that if you became enlightened, you would have psychic abilities as a byproduct. And so I studied numerology and astrology and tried to learn tarot because I, I knew for sure if I could learn these things, I would become psychic which didn't happen. Uh, And so, but see, that's one of the myths that's out there, you know, and so if you want, we can go, I I have lots of commentary on that topic. And so uh, much, much later in my life, I found the Berkeley Psychic Institute and started studying with them. And after being in their program for three weeks, I came to the realization that I had been very psychic my whole life, but never knew it. No, I, I, no, I never connected the dots between I had this experience and that experience equals psychic. You know, no one ever said, made that connection for me. But once I understood what the psychic experience was all about, I could reflect on my life and go, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then there was that time, you know, just very quickly. I mean, I have several stories, but I I mean, I remember as a kid, um, you know, picking up a box at Christmas and going, well, you know, I think I might be getting, or, you know, before picking up stuff, thinking, you know, well, I think I might be getting this or this or this and opening up gifts, and that would be what I'd have under the tree. But I just thought it was a weird coincidence, and not a psychic. Love it. So it all started for you by watching these shows, right? The Amazing Kreskin, you said, and another show, The Sixth Sense, where you saw these mm-hmm. fictional characters doing these miraculous, wonderful things. And that sort of started the spark in yourself. And you started reading books, obviously, as you shared. There were a lot of myths in those days, not a lot of commentary, a lot of information, of courses available on this topic. Uh, you had uh, these signs as you were a kid, but later on, when you actually went to the Berkeley Psychic Institute, that's when you sort of were able to piece things together and make sense of your journey so far and obviously take your journey to a whole new level but for people who are uh, new to ESP what exactly is ESP and how is that related to you know psychic well ESP is extrasensory perception that's what ESP stands for and so in the 70s people didn't Ah, say psychic Um, you know they said ESP because it it came more out of educational and more from the scientific uh, arena. Um, And I think many people have seen where they have the card with the the cards with like the star on it or the wavy lines and you're supposed to figure out which card is, you know, the one that's turned over, you know, so those kind of scientific experiments were done 
testing for ESP, not psychic. Mm. You know, people didn't say psychic in the 70s. Not that I'm that old. Got it. Because I think there were two buckets, right? Because if you were psychic, they sort of used to categorize you as a quack or, you know, uh, it was not really very well respected. But if you were ESP, then I, I've heard also the government did certain uh, experiments uh, with people who had ESP and also the experiment oh, Edgar case as well. So there were two different buckets, right? And, and things have obviously changed now. Right. But they were talking about the exact same thing. Ah, interesting. Thanks a lot for clarifying that. Now, I'm sure a lot of our listeners listening to the show uh, might be having so many different experiences, right? So what are some signs uh, through your experience that a person might be psychic? Well, I think for the lay individual, there, there are two different things. There is being psychic for someone else, and then there is being psychic for accessing your own information and they're really two different things and I've had a number of students I I teach people how to develop their psychic abilities and to become a medical intuitive and do energy work through my Institute of Applied Energetics and um, many people will state well they want to become psychic so they can better navigate their life but really being psychic is more about doing a reading for someone else Okay. And and, and so I'm going to frame this in two different ways. And so when, well, in either case, if something happens that you think about and then it turns out to be true, Mm -hmm. you've had a psychic experience. So, for example, this past Christmas, another Christmas gift nightmare, um, my boyfriend was, I have a library in my house, and there's a big glass door, and I went outside and walked past the door, and he was in there doing something, and I didn't know what he was doing. And in my mind, I just got, he bought me a gramophone. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. You know, sure enough, you know what I got for Christmas? A gramophone. A gramophone. Oh, that's amazing. That's that's really powerful. You know, <laughs> you know and so... When you have the thought or the impression or the feeling and you find out that it's true, now you've just been validated. Yes. And validation is the most important thing. I mean, most people think you have to have some gift in order to be psychic. And what I'm saying is that everybody is psychic, Mm. you know, and and some people are more psychic than other people, kind of like some people can dance really well. Yes. And other people, maybe not so good, you know, and so it, but it's really about making that connection, connecting the dots saying, well, you know, for some reason I thought I should take a sweater to work and, but I didn't do it because it was really sunny out. And then down the road while you're at work, you get called into a meeting and the room is freezing because they have the air conditioner on too high. You were having a psychic experience. You knew early in the morning that you should take that sweater. And one of the things that I've learned is if I have that thought, now I take action on it. And so that's how you can really apply it to your life is, well, you know, I was thinking I should take a sweater and it's like, no, just go get the sweater. (laughs) Taking action so that down the road when you're in that meeting when it's freezing cold, you have the sweater. Got it. So it seems like it's not just having a gift. 
it's also acknowledging the gift and taking action based on that so it's sort of like a lot of experiments that you conduct right because test and validate test and validate till you get to a certain point where you're confident about the messages that you are getting correct i mean trust is a huge factor in this whole thing and once you start trusting that what you're receiving is correct then you can take action on it love that so what inspired you to start the institute of applied energetics well when i started the school there really weren't many places that were teaching what i offer is a professional level training program so it's not you know here's one class i mean it is a you know i like to say a two-year program um, where when someone is done they can work confidently and comfortably interacting with clients because it's all about practice 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 and you know there are people that will say oh well you can take this weekend seminar and be be a psychic by the end of the weekend and it really doesn't work that way at least not in my experience you know it's about having it's about having experiences and recognizing the experience and getting that validation and building that trust and that trust doesn't come in a weekend yeah. you know it comes over time and through repetition and so that's really what i offer you know people are like well i want you to teach me to be psychic and it's like i'm not teaching you to be psychic what i'm doing is creating situations mm. so that you can experience your own psychicness and receive the validation of what you were receiving was correct because I'm building your trust. I'm building your trust in your own abilities. Absolutely correct. So you mentioned that you're creating a situation or you're providing an, an environment for people who are interested in this topic to get more experiences, right? Because in normal day-to-day -day life, I'm sure maybe sometimes your friends, your immediate family do not support you expressing your psychic abilities. So I'm guessing what happens at your institute is that you create that situation where a person can be a student in this wonderful field. Well, but also creating, you know, there are a lot of hands-on yes, exercises yes. that are throughout the program. And so, it, you know, what the exercises do is, is say to the student, okay, I want you to look at this, you know, and it creates a format and it creates a box about this is what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And everything that's in the training is kind of progressive. So in the first, there are four modules. And so in the first module, we do, we learn everything about our own energy and our own body. And so you'll learn to ground the body through the first chakra and experience what that mm -hmm. feels like. You'll learn to work with the auric field and expand it and contract it and clear it and evaluate mm -hmm. it and learn what that feels like to your body so that when you start doing it on someone else, you already have kind of sure. an intimate knowledge of what that what that is and what the power of it is. Absolutely. So I love that you spoke about the chakras and the auric field because I was about to go there. My first question to you is a bit of a difficult one, uh, which is who are we? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I believe based on my work is that we are energy mm -hmm. you know it's all 
just energy. And so even though we seem solid and we seem physical, there is this very energetic component to who we are. And so there's our physical body that, you know, is obviously in the three-dimensional world, but then there are these energetic structures that, you know, are quote-unquote invisible to the naked eye. And it is based on these structures that we interact with the world around us, Um, you know, on physical levels, but also on our perception levels. Um, You know, it's interesting, and I'm going to kind of take a different angle here. People that are identified with certain mental illnesses, for example, that are have schizophrenia, people that have schizophrenia, in my opinion, have chakras that receive too much information, and so they're overloaded, which creates this discordant energy for them. And so when they give them medication, what it does is it shuts them down. It shuts down their chakras, in, you know, in my yeah. opinion. And so they're not receiving energy from the world around them, but now they feel dull because we all have these like cat-like whiskers that we reach out and feel and interact with the world around us. Because as human beings, we're designed to send receive and process information from each other. Um, And so, you know, like one of our psychic gifts is telepathy, you know, and it's associated with the fifth chakra, which is in the throat area. And so we might be thinking something and the person that we're with will actually say what we were just thinking. And so, you know, I had this one friend and we did that all the time and it got to the point that we would try to figure out who was thinking it first, like who originated the idea and who was the person that received it. Wow. You know, (laughs) that's that's phenomenal. You actually conducted these experiments. Well, we tried. It wasn't we weren't all that successful in uh, determining, you know, who had the you know, like, well, I was thinking about it at 10 o'clock this morning. It's like. You know, so it's pretty funny. You know, or you start thinking about somebody and then the phone yeah. rings and it's them on the phone. Well, or were you thinking about them first and they received that thought from you mm-hmm. and then they decided to call mm-hmm. you? Or did you think about them because they were thinking about you and they were thinking they were going to call you? I mean, it's it's this dynamic of, send, you know, coming and going and interacting and it's not necessarily just with specific individuals. It's with everyone. Beautiful. You know, and, and every environment we go into. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'll give an example from my life. The other day, uh, I, was, I just had this thought of, wouldn't it be great if I, uh, you know, travel around the world? Maybe one day I'm in, you know, Machu Picchu. The other day I'm in Iceland. And I take these beautiful pictures on a Polaroid camera and somehow send it to my listeners who can, you know, follow me on my adventures. But I had this thought of using a Polaroid camera, right, which is sort of not new technology. It's it's older technology, right? But the next day, I just walk into a showroom, and there I see it in front of me. I see a Polaroid camera, which is sort of like a new trend <laughs> these days, but I see it. And that was one of the funniest things I, I've experienced recently, which is I thought about it the previous day, and I actually see it in front of me. So maybe I have to buy a Polaroid camera. I don't know. But uh, uh, Dr. Rita... 
if you take a look at uh, some of the frescoes in some of the medieval churches you often see a beautiful goldenish yellow halo uh, around the deities in fact around Jesus Christ is that his aura i would like to say so but I, i'm okay. going to kind of go somewhere else with this um because one of the things you know i mean i do all of this healing and energy work but one of the things that i i is a new passion for me is looking at mythology oh. and looking at artwork and iconography and so one of the things that um, I have uncovered is there is this symbolic image of a god being placed inside a eight-pointed circle and so like out of India, and I can't read the Aurora, more. I my I have terrible phonic skills, but there are that come out of India. It's a wheel, an eight-spoked wheel, and there'll be the image of a mm-hmm. deity inside the center of a wheel. Are you familiar with that imagery? An eight-spoked wheel and a deity in the center of it. I know the mm-hmm. the, yeah. the 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 spoked wheel is one of the most popular symbols in India, the chakra. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I can't quite uh, put my finger on it right now. I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about okay. Mahavir. Okay. But but you, yeah, but that eight spoked wheel, um, there are representations with a deity mm-hmm. inside, and you find a similar thing in Sumeria. Yeah. You find a similar thing in in the Americas. And what what we have learned from the Sumerian mm-hmm. culture is that symbol, you know, the circle, the eight-pointed yes. symbol, is a representation of a deity, you know. And so my thought is, is that perhaps the halo yeah. is actually a der- derivative of that symbology of this is an image of a deity, which does fit with the notion of a saint. Right. Okay. So a lot of symbolism coming in here. Got it. Got Correct. It, got it. Got it. Now, following up on that very question, like the topic of aura, if everyone of us has an aura, why can't we readily see each other's aura? Because they're invisible, AJ. <laughs> but then how come some people uh, are able to kidding. see it? You know, through practice, obviously. Well, I think people are more open to receiving that information. Um, you know, people have different channels through which they they operate. Yeah. Uh, I think people haven't been shown how to receive that information, okay. but yeah. I'm going to put a button there. But most people can feel them. Mm. Now, we're not really taught to feel yeah. them, but most people, if you give them some very basic, basic instruction, can feel an aura, can feel their own aura, or can feel the aura of somebody that they're next to. Yes. It happens intuitively, right? For example, if you're in a crowded room and all of a sudden maybe a superstar or a notable personality enters in, everyone can, can feel their aura. It's very charming. It's very positive at many times. It's very empowering, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I like to say they have big, big energy. energy. They have big energy. But, you know, but from a very technical point of view, individuals like that carry their aura very far and wide from their body. Most of us keep our auras in fairly close to the physical body. And the the more animated a person is, the bigger their energy is, quote unquote, the further from their body they're carrying their auric field. Because the auric field isn't locked in place. It expands, it expands. and contracts. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when we're uncomfortable or like you get on a crowded elevator, it's kind of like you can just kind of feel like kind of claustrophobic. Yeah. Um, it's because we've pulled our auric field in 
really tight next to the body because we don't want to touch anybody else physically or energetically. That's that's really that's really insightful. Thanks a lot for sharing that example. Now I know that there are different layers of an aura. So what functions do they serve? Well, I mean the different layers of the aura carry properties that are similar to the different chakras. You know, and, and they're responsible for processing different types of information. Um you know, different vibrational frequencies of information. And, you know, kind of for the listeners, for them to kind of understand this a little bit, and it's a little bit easier to use the chakra word for this description. Um, And so I mentioned the fifth chakra, the one that's in the throat. It's about our communication and our ability to communicate with others. Well, in, in the world that we recognize, it could be likened to a radio, you know, where it's just sound. There's no images. It's just voice. You know, it's just auditory. But when we move up the body, we come to the sixth chakra, which is in the center of the forehead. Many people have heard the term the third eye and they, you know, have images from movies of the third eye. And that's a a vision center. And so that can be likened more to a TV. Now, there's no sound, but there is the vision that's tied to it. And so that chakra processes visual information where the fifth chakra processes auditory information where the second chakra processes feeling information Mm -hmm. and so they they you know they act on different frequencies different vibrations and that's how they separate out so it seems like there's a lot of intelligence going around here, right? For example, you have so many different types of informations coming to you from different directions. For example, if you're having an interaction, maybe if you're having a very lovely interaction, maybe you've met a friend after 10 years, or maybe on the other hand, if you're having a fight, that is also a type of information, right? So the body, it seems, is really intelligent in knowing where exactly to send that information so that it can get processed. Correct. Correct. I mean, I think that um, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I have to I have to think about a way to phrase that that would make sense. Um, I think that the chakras know which kind of energy it can process okay. versus another. Um, I mean, it's kind of like a radio. If you turn it to 98.5, you're going to receive a certain radio station. If you turn it to 101.6, you're going to receive a different radio station. And so if the second chakra was 98.5, that's the kind of information you're going to receive versus another chakra that's 101.6. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, uh, Dr. Rita, you said that... Uh, to the normal eye, the auras are sort of invisible, but it takes a bit of practice, a bit of mentoring for the person to really uh, be able to perceive uh, auras and sometimes feel the auras as well, right? So my question is, uh, can you see auras at this point? Because I know that there are some experienced uh, folks as well who have sort of trained themselves to unsee auras for one reason or the other. But do you, do you see auras? Um, I do. Um, I think, well... You know, I, I get asked that question a lot, and I, I joke around and say, you know, but it would be really hard to go clothes shopping if I was running around seeing my aura uh, because it would might clash with the clothes I want to buy. Um, I think that people like myself that have been very open their entire yeah. lives have learned how to turn it off. Exactly. Okay. I mean, I'm very good at turning it off. 
Um, and so when I go into session with someone, that's when I tend to turn it on. Or if I ask, I internalize a question like, oh, I, I wonder what he got me for Christmas. <laughs> Bam. That's when the answers come yeah. through. But if I'm not inquisitive or wondering, then, you know, I don't walk around and go, hey, they got a pink aura. Hey, you know, I... I I'm just like everybody else that way. Got it. And I love that you said pink because my question was, what are the significance of colors in a person's aura? Well, I think they reflect the frequency in which the person is vibrating in that moment. You know, and so we find from tradition that, you know, the first layer of the first chakra should vibrate it red and then orange and yellow and green, blue, indigo, violet. But when you actually read yeah. someone they don't necessarily vibrate in those colors in their assigned area um you know their second chakra or the second layer should be you know if you're in perfect health you're in perfect emotional and energetic balance it should be according to ancient yeah. text yellow but when you read someone it might be a mustard color they might have had some emotional wounding that happened to them and they're in a healing process right now and it might actually vibrate green. You know, and so it really, cha they can change based on what's going on with people in that moment and the auric field is always changing based on what's going on with you in that Got it. moment. So you said that the auric field keeps changing depending on what you're feeling and what you're experiencing in that moment. And the key word is in that moment. You mentioned that maybe a personality who is feeling very uh, dynamic, very open, very expressive when he or she enters the room, their aura is, you know, huge, right? So people can feel it. And especially if you enter a crowded elevator, you sort of pull your aura close by because you don't want uh, others to sort of feel your aura or you just want to be to yourself. So my question is, how is the aura of a newborn baby different from that of an old man who knows that he's about to die? You have good <laughs> questions, AJ. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, a baby doesn't have nearly as many filters as an old man would have. I mean, as we experience life, we have joys we have sadness we have enthusiasm we have wounding and so the old man is going to have stuff that is in the auric field and depending on what their life is like and whether they're able to forgive and move on you know i, I mean you know i, I immediately kind of jumped to the cranky mm -hmm. old man um that just has all of this stuff in his auric field um, which is part of what is making him cranky because he's constantly looking at these woundings and issues right. that have happened throughout his life. You know, a baby doesn't have that life experience that's kind of, you know, they you see things about, like, people that are trying to lose weight, and it's like, well, you know, if you eat that donut, you might as well just stick it on your hip yeah. instead of eating it. Um, and it's kind of like that. We experience life, and we, we have a tragedy. We lose a child or a, a spouse. You know, unless we're able to work through that emotional energy, you know, it's like we just have them pinned to our auric field and, and we're looking at that all the time and having to process through that. With infants, 
you know, they don't have that life experience. Now, they might have, and this isn't my area of expertise, but I'm still going to throw it out there. Uh, they might have some residual energy past from past okay. life experiences that they brought into this lifetime, but not nearly as much as, you know, someone who is much yeah. old. Got it. Got it. So there you go, Action Drive. A child or a newborn baby does not have those filters. And especially since it's just entered this physical manifestation, it does not have all that baggage or those, uh, you know, stagnant energies that mm-hmm. perhaps an uh, older person might have. So it's a, it's a different aura. And, and, and thanks a lot for providing us that perspective. So uh, let's go to the bottom line. Why do we get a disease? Why do we fall ill? Because of that baggage that we were just talking about. And, and let me clarify. So according to yeah. medical science, you know, we get sick because of uh, viruses, you know, viruses, bacteria, that kind of thing, um, because of an accident um, and because of genetic issues, you know, that we come into this life with. And so that's what the medical profession says. Um, I throw in a contemporary society that we don't treat our bodies right. We don't eat well. Um that's a big one. That's a mm-hmm. big one in the Western world. We don't eat well and we have nutritional issues going on. But the majority of, in my opinion, what is going on is that there are things going on within our psyche, within ourselves, that creates this baggage. And now that energy that we were receiving before becomes stagnated, it becomes blocked. And so we're not being charged, we're not being energized with that life force energy that we were when we were an infant. And so it creates issues in vitality. And AJ, we could create, have like three or four shows just on that topic alone. Absolutely. It's such a fascinating <laughs> inter- and interesting topic at the same time. Uh, now, as a medical intuitive, what, what do you do or what do your students do? So as a medical intuitive, what I do with my clients is help them to understand why they okay. become ill and make recommendations recommendations of healing, you know, and so for me, you know, I combine my naturopathic information, a naturopath is a holistic physician, um, and I have a PhD in natural health counseling, and so I combine this doctor information, which is very left-brained, with the intuitive side, and help people to get past what's going on. And sometimes there are things going on in the physical body that need to be addressed. They need to take an herb or a supplement or change their diet or go see their doctor. And then there's also the emotional side of what got them there in the first place. And I have found that by addressing both the spiritual aspect as well as the physical aspect, they can achieve healing in their lives. Absolutely. So there you go. If you're a doctor, if you're a nurse or if you're someone who has received many years of training in the physical side, right, in the left brain side, it makes sense for you to also learn about energy healing or Reiki or medical intuition so that you can use your intuitive side to sort of give your patient a whole experience of healing. What a gifted patient uh, that patient would be to you know, receive that healing from you as a doctor or a nurse or somebody else. Well, can, can I share a very quick story? Yeah, sure. That was my next question, actually. <laughs> it, it's one of, it's yeah. one of, 
okay. Woo-hoo. Um, and, and this is one of my okay. miracle stories. And so, you know, if there are men listening, you know, sorry about the story, but it is one of my miracle stories. So I had a client come who had uterine fibroids. And so uterine fibroids are growth that are manifest on a woman's uterus and they can become very large and over time they can start to bleed and so they're they're not cancer they're you can't die from fibroids um, it's just a growth that happens kind of like a wart would be kind of a parallel kind of um, the bigger issue is if they start bleeding they're bleeding and you become can become anemic you know you can have a lot of blood loss issues you know so there are secondary consequences to fibroids and so that was her issue is that she had these fibroids and her doctor wanted her to have surgery to have her uterus removed you know to have a hysterectomy which she didn't want to do and so we talked about and she said well you know I'm looking at uh, you know do a big doing a big diet modification you know working with some herbs and supplements to do this and so and her question was if I do this if I make this protocol change um, will I have enough time you know has this disease gone so far because she was concerned about the blood loss um, that ultimately I'm gonna have to have the hysterectomy and my comment to her on a physical level was I felt that she had a six-month window before it would get to the point that she would need to have medical intervention. And so if she could get on the protocol right away, that she would have six months time to heal her body. But then we kind of got talking and I said, well, let me just kind of look around. And I took a step back because energetically I was looking at the physical body and I backed my energy out so I could look more generically at her auric field and the different areas of the aura. And I looked at her and I said, and and please forgive the bluntness, but I'm just repeating what how the, the session went because it was memorable. I said, do you have a boyfriend? And she said, yeah. And I said, you need to dump him. And she just looked at me kind of shocked. And she said, why? And I said, I said, because in the relationship, you are hoping that he is going to love you in the way that you need him to. And he never will. And you're putting out all of this energy to him and it's not being reciprocated. And that's what's sitting within these fibroids. This is the emotional part that's tied to it. So the session ends. She leaves. Bam. You know, I was I was done for the day. Well, about six months later, I saw her at an event and she came over and gave me this big hug. And I'm like, well, how's it going? And she goes, fibroids are gone. And then she turned and then she gave me this little smile and she goes, and so is the boyfriend. I think she went home and, and basically dumped him and her body healed itself. She did nothing. She did some dietary changes, but basically she did nothing else. That's amazing. It's a miracle story. Yeah, that's truly, truly a miracle. And uh, for you to uh, give her that recommendation at the right time, because it was a critical point, right? You said that there was just six months yes, before. It, it was for her. Yes. You know, the bleeding would start and it, things would get worse. So uh, that's truly, truly 
truly a miracle and that gives us a perspective of how uh, our emotions if not treated properly if not uh, worked on uh, in, in a proper manner then uh, then even if you take medications it might not help right so you need to deal with your emotions you need exactly. to deal with your stagnant energy that might be causing uh, that uh, physical manifestation of that illness or disease another reminder action tribe uh, so dr rita based on what we've spoken about today and we've spoken about so many different things but is there a specific action step that you'd like to share with our listeners today to help them get close or get closer to a transformation well i think you know we talked about listening to that information that we're receiving you know and working on that validation but i think what i want to share is more about the illness and the disease portion you know i wrote a book called avoiding the cosmic two by four which some people get it some people don't um and the focus of the book is about recognizing things that are going on within your psyche so that you don't develop things like cancer so that you don't develop things like fibroids because that is the ultimate manifestation of something that's not going on correctly within your body. And so my my advice, what I would love for people to hear is if you're in a situation and there's this part of you that keeps going, this needs to change, this needs to change, I'm not happy. I mean, there are so many people that are in jobs that, that want to quit, but they make themselves go to work every day or they're in a relationship and, you know, they're not happy. And then they're, you know, and they're not happy with their partner. And by honoring who we are and honoring our feelings and honoring what our internal dialogue is, that is part of being whole. That That is what makes us be whole because we're listening to and honoring ourselves. So whether you're trying to tap into that psychic information or whether you want to be whole, you know, healthy and whole, you know, it's really about honoring and listening to that internal dialogue. So Action Drive, to access the show notes for today's episode, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 201. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 201. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Now, this is a spectacular quote by Tom Hanks in the movie A League of Their Own. And this quote, by the way, was shared by our very own Facebook group member, Candy Kachmar. Action Tribe, the hard is what makes it great. You are a sacred being come on earth to evolve to the next level of consciousness. You've chosen to do this. If it was easy, you won't be able to surmount the challenges that are in your life. If it was easy, you will never experience the thrill of falling down and jumping back again. And if it was easy, life wouldn't be the multi-dimensional experience that it is now. It would be 2D. The bottom line is that you, that's right, you, the one listening to this episode right now, are meant for greatness. But to achieve that greatness, you must go through these hard times because success awaits you. So go for it. So Dr. Rita, talk to us about a time when you experienced a major life challenge or maybe an obstacle. How did you enter the situation? And then tell us what steps did you take to overcome it? Growing up, all right, so people don't believe me when I share this story, but it's true. So growing up, I was extremely shy. 
overwhelmingly shy. The thought of being on a radio show with you was the furthest thing from my mind. Um, and I had, I grew up in New York and I had moved to California when I was 19 um, because I, I, I did have a lot of chutzpah. I would do stuff, but you couldn't get me to talk. And so I decided I didn't like that anymore and I didn't want to be that way anymore. And I would challenge myself to do something. And so my first challenge was to be the person, and this is going to sound so ridiculous, be the person to say hi first. Mm. So if I went into the 7-Eleven to pay for some gas, that when I walked up to the counter, I would say to the person behind the counter, good morning, how are you? Now that sounds like it's probably the easiest thing in the world for people to do, and it was excruciating for me. It was, oh my God, it was, and I just doing that one thing, I spent about six months just doing that because it was so hard, you know, and it evolved. And if I went somewhere, I would go out of my way to walk up to someone that I didn't know. That was kind of like another step, walk up to someone that I didn't know and say, hi, how are you? Like if I was at a party kind of thing or a social event with a group, um, that was really hard. Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I worked on it for a really long time and people will catch me in certain situations where I just get quiet, you know? Um, but then in many other situations, you kind of can't shut me up anymore. Uh, (laughs) Um, but it took me years of just really seeing things, seeing behaviors in myself that I, you know, especially on my communication level, verbal communication level that I didn't like that I would see other people not having issues with and deciding that it was just fear, that it was fear that was holding me back and I needed to just take a deep breath and go, you can do this and it, the world's not going to come to an end and if and just do it. And the validation was they would say hi yeah. back and they would smile. And it was like, wow, how cool is this? They like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful story. Uh, Dr. Rita, you. as you look back at your life, as you look back at those memories, in just one sentence, what is that one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners listening to you right now? Don't be afraid. I think I spent so much of my younger life just being afraid. And by recognizing that you're afraid, you know, just by having that recognition, you can say to yourself, okay, I'm afraid, but I can do this. And you can, you can move through so much fear just by acknowledging that it's an emotion that you have in your body. So don't be afraid. Be okay with experiencing it. Awesome. So thanks a lot for sharing that. I think I, I think your story is really powerful. Uh, and I think that uh, the transition that you experienced is really, really inspiring to note. I couldn't believe uh, that you said that when you were growing up, you were extremely shy. Uh, at one point, when you were 19, you decided to move to California because you did not like uh, the life that you were leading. You wanted to make a change. You wanted to take a challenge, right? And you decided to set yourself up with the challenge of saying hi first. And you did that for about six months. You kept doing it. 
Uh, I'm sure there were so many challenges that you went through in, in terms of your mind telling you not to do it or to take a break or whatever, but you did take the action. And then you took bolder steps because you started walking up to people who you didn't know and introducing yourself and having those difficult conversations, having those, I guess, uh, small talk, uh, you know, initially and sort of uh, building that confidence every step of the way. And you, you also shared that it's not that you're completely talkative all the time now because you have your me moments as well. But the bottom line, as all our listeners can feel, is that you have changed massively. And that's really inspiring. And uh, Action Tribe, as we are learning today, just have this one phrase in your mind. You can do this. So make sure that you set yourself up for a challenge. So thanks a lot, Dr. Rita. Oh, you're welcome, AJ. So Action Tribe, I hope you've enjoyed today's session as much as I have enjoyed asking questions and listening. As you head out in your life to transform the world, keep this in mind. You are special. You are powerful and you are a warrior of light. Don't let your aura shrink in the presence of others, especially in an elevator. In fact, let your aura shine so that <laughs> others may experience the greatness and kindness that lies deep within you. Don't hide your emotions. Let it flow. And don't hide your fear. Let it flow. And don't hide your weakness as well because let it show. Because by stepping up and by living life king size or queen size, you are encouraging others to do so too. And that's how revolution starts. You must start right now because as shared by our very own Facebook group member, Anne Armstrong, she says, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. So, Dr. Rita, what is your life's calling as on today? Well, you know, I have so many things going on. Um, I mean, what what I'm doing now is I've been doing a lot of writing. And so um, the current book that I'm working on is... Well, the, the working title, I, I don't know if this is going to be the final title, but it's called Being Human, and it's looking at who we are and how we got to be where we are. And it, it's not from a metaphysical place, but more from a cultural, societal place of why do we, why do, we do the things that we do? Why is society the way that it is and how did we how did we end up in this situation awesome i think dr rita will get along really well because i as well love the topics of linguistics ancient history how we came to be who we were you know prehistoric mankind the syrians the sumerians the iranians and the greeks i love those topics and i keep reading them all the time listening to podcasts do you listen to hardcore history by dan carlin i'm not familiar with that show oh that's an amazing show i'm gonna have to write it down hardcore history by dan carlin he goes deep into the assyrians the sumerians the you know the persians and listeners you can also check it out it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful show highly recommend it if you love ancient history and history in general so dr Reed, my next question is, was there ever a defining moment, a moment that changed things for you? Maybe a phrase that you read in a book or an interaction that you had. But was there ever a defining moment in your life? Well, I think that while I was at the Berkeley Psychic Institute, you know, wanting to be psychic, um, there was a situation that happened, you know, during that three week period um, where this woman had come in, they had a healing clinic and I was working with the, in this healing clinic. And when you did readings at the Berkeley Psychic Institute, you rarely did a reading by yourself. They always had two, three, however, you know, however many yeah. people doing readings all together. And that particular night, students that had finished this 
portion of the training decided to show up. So there were these five advanced students that came. And when you would do a reading, there would be a client that was sitting in a chair and then this entire row of psychics would sit across from them. And the more advanced students sat in the middle and then it kind of filtered down kind of a little pecking order with so I was so new, I was sitting all the way at the end. And uh, so this woman came in, and she was talking about her beauty salon and how she was losing business. And it was interesting because the more advanced psychics were talking about, well, you have this past life com- uh, karma about this and these present life agreements about that. And, you know, my little blunt mind was thinking, but, you know, that's really not getting people in chairs at her salon. And as they were talking, I just kept seeing in my mind's eye this woman with red hair kind of walking up to a workstation and taking her purse or something and slamming it down on the counter. I didn't know what that was about. And so they asked, you know, well, does anybody else want to contribute something? So I raised my hand, which apparently you didn't need to do. And I raised (laughs) my hand. And they asked me, so, you know, Rita, what do you want to, you know, what do you have? And so I started talking and the woman said, well, when you do readings here, you do them with your eyes closed. And so I don't know if you've ever tried to talk with your eyes closed, but it's a kind of a skill like chewing gum and walking at the same time. It's really not that easy. And, um, and so I closed my eyes and I said to the woman, I said, well, did you have a woman with long red hair working for you? And she said, yes. And I said, well, when she left, was she really angry? And she said, yes. And I said, well, her anger energy is keeping people from coming into the shop. Now, I didn't think anything about it because I would get stuff like that all the time. I mean, that was just kind of, you know, part of my life. And then I opened my eyes and the entire row of psychics were all bent over in their chairs looking at me. Well, then I realized that what I had just done was had a very profound, although in my life it wasn't all that profound, but a profound psychic moment. And it changed everything. And it made me recognize that things that had happened when I was younger, I mean, just very quick, I worked with someone who was didn't show up to work one day and just kind of goofing around. Well, I wasn't even goofing. AJ, I wasn't even goofing. And I went to go say hi, and I walked up, and I just crossed my arms, and I looked him in the face, and I said, well, where were you yesterday having them check for a brain tumor? Now, why would anybody say something like that, you know? Um, except that's where he had been the day before they were checking for a brain tumor. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Um, But see, that was before I was psychic, but it made that situation come into the forefront of, oh, I've been psychic my whole life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that situation was a very, it changed where my life went. Totally. And I think if there's one uh, recommendation for our listeners is to be more mindful and observant of the experiences that you're having and maybe the signs that you're seeing or the nudges that you're receiving because who knows, you indeed might be a powerful psychic with these gifts and maybe the next step that you need to take is maybe go to somebody who can mentor you, train you and coach you in order to make the most of your gifts. And with that, we've arrived at the last round for today, which is called the Wisdom Round.
which comprises of four questions, uh, sort of like a rapid fire round, so that our listeners can take note and take action. So, Dr. Rita, what is the best advice that someone has ever given you? Just make it up. When talking about psychic stuff, they said, well, just make it up. And I looked at them and they said, yeah, because, well, the result was I just would say whatever came into my head. And what I have found is that the person sitting across from you just shakes their head, nodding in agreement because it's, it's, it's right, you know, and so what it feels like having the psychic experience is that you're just making it up, and it truly does feel that way. So just make it up because it'll be true. Name a personal habit that keeps you going. I don't know. I I, I work way too much, AJ, so I'm always... <laughs> <laughs> I am always doing something. Um, actually, a personal habit, I make mental lists. You know, so when the morning starts, it's like this is what I need to get done today or these are the things I want to work on today and they kind of keep me on track and keep me focused and moving forward. Love that. So what is your morning routine like? What do you do during the first two hours of your day? <laughs> <laughs> I get up, I get something to drink and then I go to my computer and I start working. Um, I, I work from my house so I don't have, you know, I don't take even, I don't even take a shower half the time till like 11 o'clock in the morning. So uh, I for me, I find that some of my best mental work time is at five o'clock in the morning. You know, if I'm doing writing in particular, it's like I find that I am able to be razor focused on what I'm doing. But for me, writing is kind of a meditative process anyway. Okay. So, yeah. So do you, do you wake up at five o'clock then in the morning? Sometimes earlier. Sometimes later, but not usually about five. Yeah. So, Dr. Rita, name a book that you'd like to highly recommend for our listeners today. Can it be my book? <laughs> We're going to share a book anyway, so maybe you can have two books. Okay. Um, actually, one of the ones that I love there is Sandra Ray. Wait, Sonia. I always get these two mixed up. Sonia Roman, Living with Joy. But it's Living with Joy regardless of the author. Uh, it opens the, your heart. It's a beautiful book. It, tra I, it has transformed so many of my clients and students. Living with Joy. Love that. Action Tribe, I know how much you love our book recommendations. And I know that many of you purchase these books as soon as you hear them shared on our show. And that's why Audible.com is offering you, that is Action Tribe, one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out their amazing service. Now, Audible, in case you haven't heard, has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Kindle, or Android, including bestsellers like The Chakra System by Anadia Judith, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa. Yogananda and A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash MSC. Once again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash MSC for your free audiobook and start listening to the first book on your reading list. So Dr. Rita, thank you so much for joining us today. So many stories shared, so many perspectives shared and uh, so many lessons learned. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're super grateful for and also tell us how we can find you online. I am very grateful for the fact that um, I can be very resilient. You know, I, I bounce back and, you know, life happens. Life happens to all of us. And... You know, for me today, I mean, I've been going, there's just, and I think for everyone, you know, life has been just a bit challenging 
this last year or so. And I, I find that I'm able to find the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm able to shake it off and, and start over again or continue on my path. And for that, I am very grateful because, you know, I see people that that struggle with that. And I'm just so grateful that, yeah, you know, I might have a bad day here or there, but I'm able to bounce back and have always been that way. And it's wonderful. And I it amazes me that I'm able to sometimes love that. So. How can we find you online and what book should we read? The book that you wanted to write? Um, sure. Um, uh, the listeners can find me at readalouise.com. That's readalouise.com. And there you can find out about, um, you know, my books. Um, I have a lot of articles online. It's kind of a gateway to everything. You can access information about the training program, uh, my radio show, Just Energy Radio, um, and articles. There's tons of stuff. There's tons of stuff on that website or access to even more stuff on other websites because I had my website was so big. I had to break it up. It was it was just huge. Um, And the book that I would like to recommend that I think really fits in where we're at today is my book, Avoiding the Cosmic Two by Four, because it really explains the function of the aura, the function of the chakras, how we interact with energy from the world around is what it feels like when we're having a third chakra experience or a fifth chakra experience and it relays that information through stories you know so if they've liked my stories they're going to like this book because it's filled with stories um but there's stories about this is what the you know this is how i experienced it but I think we all experience, especially energy things, in very similar ways so there you go action tribe rita louise.com r-i-t-a L-O-U-I-S-E dot com. We'll have the link up in the show notes as well. So, Dr. Rita, thank you so much for joining us today, talking us about the subtle energies, the auras, the chakras, and why we get a disease, and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Well, thank you so much for having me, AJ. Great show. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to have been on your show. You are listening to My 7 Chakras, Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.